This episode of the podcast is sponsored by speaking cutesy talk to your cat and realizing that you're actually speaking in tongues. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, those who identify as non-binary, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that will depart on a journey and come back a hero. I'm Matt. I'm Zach. And today we're here to talk about the hero's journey. I, let me just say, I had, just, a lot well, of, oh, I had a lot of fun, like doing research for this film it's cool right and it almost it it also made me realize that like every movie does this literally <laughs> like this this is kind of like the format for a movie yeah like at first i was like oh it's really just kind of like action films but it's like no, no this is like everything so the cool thing too for anybody who doesn't know so it's mm-hmm. like yeah like what we're mentioning is that the hero's journey is basically a or the monomyth which is the other term mm-hmm. coined uh, so basically what this is, is that it got popularized by uh, Joseph Campbell, uh, who was influenced by a lot of like early psychologists, so like Freud, Carl Jung, that I'm familiar with, like psychotherapy. Yeah. But the idea behind this is that it basically broke down of like what the structure is to having a like hero fantasy. And the cool thing is, is that like we're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through it. I'm gonna go through all fucking seventeen stages. Oh, I had written down twelve. Oh, you did the modern one. Yeah, yeah. So it's like for anybody who doesn't know too, there's like a modernized version which Zach has twelve, mm-hmm. and it's all kind of the same thing. It's just yeah. you know like broken in. Well, even so, there's like three that like can be grouped together. Yeah, but for anybody who doesn't know too, it's like basically the way that the hero's journey works is that it's broken into three parts. Mm-hmm. So you have departure, initiation, and return. Yeah. Which, you know what's so fucking cool that I didn't find out until doing this? I was like, those are the books that Alan Wake writes in the games. Oh, really? And I'm like, that's so fucking cool. Yeah, that is fun. <laughs> um, uh, I also have a definition, too. I don't know oh, no, please. Go ahead with the definition before I go into the stages. So the definition for Hero's Journey is following a path which represents a circle in which the hero travels into the unknown and is faced with many trials only to come full circle, returning yep. back to the known world. Yeah. No, that's a good description because that's what this is. It's Yeah. So... For this, I'm going to go through it. You ready? You ready? Everybody gear up. I'm going to talk a lot right now. Well, so yeah. I also have, I can break it up by, by putting in what I found from like certain films that describe these spots well. Well, why don't I just go through it so then everybody knows what we're talking about and then we can kind of break it up into films. Oh, God. Okay. Bear with me. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the first part of it is called to adventure. So it's pretty self-explanatory, which is that, you know, like, here's the time where it's like somebody is like, let's go. Mm -hmm. And then you usually then the next part of it, which is the refusal of the call. So finding some reason to say, nope, I can't do this. I need to stay home or whatever it may be. Then you have supernatural aid, having some form of like wizard or, you know, (laughs) like elder Mm -hmm. that helps you to see that there's like something more to commit to. Yeah. Uh, Basically giving you a conscious reason. Then you have the crossing of the first threshold. So that's the point where it's like, I'm going to leave my safety, my comfort, and I'm going to head out. Yeah. Then you have the belly of the whale. And the belly of the whale is basically that point where it's like, you leave the comfort, and it's like, now you're out into the unknown. Mm-hmm. And here's what, usually too, with this part of it is like when, you know, there's some metamorphosis, there's a willingness, but usually there's the encounter of some kind of danger. Yeah. You get like, like the tests, the allies, the yep. enemies that form in this time period. So that's the departure. That's the beginning part of it. So then you have initiation, which talks about the road of the trials. 
So that's just theories of tests like you're describing. Then we get to the meeting with the goddess, which is usually, it doesn't have to be like an actual female, but it's more of this idea of uh, getting it some kind of items that will help, you know, like progress the story. Yeah, like that elf bitch from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, or Aragorn gonna, wants to fuck. I was going to think of two of like Santa Claus from uh, Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, yeah. Here's your bow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks, Santa. <laughs> Dude, no way. Yeah. I got weapons. <laughs> no, right? I never got weapons as a kid. I was so good this year. <laughs> uh, then you have the women as the temptress. And this kind of talks about it's not so much like it doesn't have to be a woman, mm-hmm. but it's more about like what's something that could tempt the hero from going off their journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have the atonement uh, atonement with the fr- the father or the abyss. Which is usually meaning some kind of like ultimate power mm-hmm. that you have to like face and overcome in order to like progress and grow. Mostly Cthulhu. It's obviously Cthulhu. <laughs> it should be always Cthulhu. Uh, then you have apotheosis, which is the point of realization, which um, like usually the character gets some kind of greater understanding or perception or knowledge. You have the and then following that is the ultimate boon. So that's that's the goal. Mm-hmm. That's when they've achieved it. They've done it. They did. What they got, like, whatever they set out to do, mm-hmm. this is the point where they actually accomplish it or get it. And then we get into return. And then you have the refusal of the return, which is usually this place of, like, can I go back to this quiet life? Am I allowed to go back to this quiet life after this point? Then you have the magic flight, which is usually having some kind of, like, deus ex machina, some kind of, like, intervention that helps the characters get out of and escape from whatever, like, perils or treachery that happen mm-hmm. uh then you have uh rescue from without which is that you know like getting that guidance or that assistance and then you have crossing of the return threshold where they actually get back and then the last part of it or no uh there's two more oh so then God. the last part of it is <laughs> the, mas- the modern is so much easier to get through. <laughs> yeah i know but i like this one more because it kind of breaks down in like that old fantasy way yeah um then you have the master of two worlds which is like basically when the character sits down and they're like i've gone on an adventure and i've come back from this and now i go back to my normal life mm-hmm. and it's like i'm kind of i have all this experience and i'm bringing it with me and then the last part of it which is the freedom to live so this is the part of where the character turns to actually start living again because they are no longer in peril. They no longer have some great dangers and they can actually just start to be able to live. Yeah. So that is Campbell's original from like 1980 something or 40 something or some fucking time period. Yeah. Like his original breakdown of what it is to thematically structure the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. So, it's, oh. long. it's long. It's a lot. Again, mine was 12. <laughs> and it wasn't yours. And again, Don't take credit for that. Well, no, I'm not. But again, too, <laughs> like, like fucking ten, or 11 and 12, which is the resurrection and the return from elixir, are kind of the same thing. Yeah. And even, too, the fucking rock bottom or the ordeal are the same exact thing. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, like it was interesting to kind of look at and see how many films like really follow the structure. Mm-hmm. Um, weirdly enough, a lot of Disney films. Yeah. And Pixar, like one that kept popping up a lot was Toy Story. Yep. Um, which does make sense, like just in terms of like 
Woody like living that normal life of being like the favorite toy and then Buzz coming in and then it disrupts everything and then they're reluctant to go on this adventure and then get like sidetracked being in the um like left at the the pizza shop mm-hmm. and then trying to find their way back and then it's like the danger too of like uh with that fucking gross kid sid yeah sid yeah yeah it's like being in that environment and be like oh my god (laughs) which did you see too like um was his name daniel powder i think i i don't know who this daniel powder is he's yeah daniel uh no actually (laughs) not him uh fucking um fucking adam warlock yeah that guy what about him um, so, like, everybody would, like, send... <laughs> the fuck? Dude, oh, yeah, because he kind of looks like him? Yeah, like, everybody would send Why him... Why is this that important? This is not that important. Well, because you brought up Sid, and, like... This um, is what we're talking about now? Yes. Well, because, like, everybody would be like, yo, I found... Oh, Will Porter. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, so everybody would send him, like, photos, be like, yo, I found you when you were young, and he was like, that's a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> that's but true. It, you were a cartoon when you were yeah, young. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, like, uh, facing off with Sid, and then, like, the the reward of, like, them, like, getting along, and then, like, the road back of, like, them using the um, toy car and the mm-hmm. rocket to yep. find their way back home. Yeah, and that's, like, an item that they gained throughout mm-hmm. the journey, which I think is cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, even too, like, it's cool to think about how, like, there are some very random movies that do this. Like, I saw, like, Kung Fu Panda, and I was like, oh, fuck yeah, Kung that Fu makes sense. Kung Fu Panda makes sense, That too. makes a lot of sense. Especially with, like, the, the wise one of, mm-hmm. like, um, what was it, Master Shifu? Yep. Yeah, like, and then you get that a lot, too, like, where it's, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi with, like, the original Star Wars. Yeah. And, like, Dumbledore. Fucking, yeah, Dumbledore. Yoda. Orpheus from Matrix. Yeah, like, I like that as an idea, too, like, when it talks about meeting, like, what the fuck is the actual thing called? Well, for mine, it's the wise one. Yeah. Or, yeah. That fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that as an idea of, like, the supernatural aid. The, mm-hmm. uh, like, that figure that is that embedding the wisdom or, like, this ability to say, like, hey, you know, like... I have this knowledge of this world. I can help you and support you. And it's cool because it's like that idea of like how many times have you seen it in movies of like what the mentor is. Exactly. And then there's always that point where it's like the mentor is taken to the limit and the protagonist needs to be the one to like push through that threshold and move to the next stage of, like, their evolution, basically. Right. It's, like, overcoming the fact that it's, like... I mean, like, you think about, like, when Gandalf dies, and it's, like, now we lost this support, and it's, like, now we have to do this on our own. Yeah, but now the it's characters... all Frodo. And Sam. And Sam. Mostly Sam. Sam carries that fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sam is, like, the true backbone of that, right. that group. But it's, like, that's something, too, where it's, like, you think about, where it's, like, how then at the end of the franchise, it's, like, all the characters rise up to, like, become their own hero. Yeah. It's like they don't need the support anymore. They learned enough throughout the journey to then hold their own. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's really cool. You know, I also, well, one more two example mm-hmm. I want to say as well, like I thought was interesting. Uh, oh, brother, where art thou? Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, this yeah. does the hero's journey. It, it does because, like, they face a lot of trials and tribulations. They deal with, like, a very weird supernatural instance where it's like. Like the blind guy? Yeah. yeah. Um, They deal with, like, one point where, like, they meet sirens in, like, a yep. creek. Um, well, yeah, because it's like that movie is just the fucking odyssey. <laughs> yeah, but it's a good movie. Yeah, it's great. I love that movie. Yeah. Um, 
A, a weird one that kept popping up on mine, too, was The Graduate. Oh, shit, Mrs. Yeah. Robinson, are you trying to seduce me? No, I know what the movie... Yeah, yeah, I'm no. just piecing it together. Yeah, that totally works. Yeah, and it's, it's yeah, very Yeah, because then weird. they return at the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah, fuck. So it's like huh. crossing the threshold is him sleeping with Mrs. Robinson. Right, and she technically is the supernatural aid because she's the wiser, older woman. Exactly. Ah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, it was very weird. I was like, really? The Graduate? Like, yeah. But as I kind of like started to see more of it, I was like, I guess? Yeah, like everything that I listed, which I think is really cool in terms of like how you can start looking at like movies and franchises to like follow through with what the progression is. Mm-hmm. It's like and it's not to say that movies are like cookie cutter. Yeah. It's just kind of interesting to see that it's like how many times like these thematic values show up to be able to progress a story. It does slightly make it cookie cutter though once you realize how many of these films follow that format. Well, yeah. Well, I think the one that I can think about the most which is like I mean, uh, you're going to talk about it. we're going to talk about this like yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, it's I like think that's the one where it's like you sit down and you're like they're literally doing everything. Yeah, like, like I every think every part of it. Yeah, because like I wrote down for my notes of it like each step, and I think like almost every single one involves like Luke Skywalker in right. the original trilogy. Because you even which, think about two, it's like what the fuck is the one? It's true. It's- like the ordinary life is like him on Tatooine. Like call to action is R two D two has the fucking the message, message for him. Yep. Um, he's Obi Wan saves him. Yeah, he's reluctant to leave because like this is all he knows. He's got the um, harvest. Yeah, Obi Obi Wan is the wise one. He mm-hmm. crosses the threshold of like going with him. Yep. Um, he gets the, the test- lightsaber. Yeah, he's tested with like trying to do everything. Um, he's he hits that rock bottom after Obi Wan dies. Yep. And then he his reward is like finally being in tune with the Force, and then. His resurrection basically is using the force to destroy the Death Star. Right. And then it's like, even too, it's like, it's cool on how that still follows throughout with like the original trilogy. Yeah. Because like you think about like the woman as the temptress is the part in Empire Strikes Back when it's like he starts like Darth Vader is like, oh, why don't you come to the dark side? Yeah. And it's like, it's cool to see that as a like a way that people can start describing this as like, oh, wow, like this is also in Star Wars of like, I'm just going to like go over to the side but then I have to fight against it and I have to rise up and you know, like I reclaim and it's like how he protects his father and then he becomes a hero at the end. And it's like it's a really cool way of saying like wow that makes a lot of sense. Like there's so much more like themes and values to what a movie can hold just in the way that it's actually progressing. Yeah. Even too like not my favorite series but the Harry Potter saga like also yeah. follows that very very well like in terms of like Harry learning out that he's a wizard and going off to this um, unforeseen land and fucking... Um, and fucking. Yeah. <laughs> That's not till later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, what's his name? Fucking Dumbledore. Dumbledore. And Dumbledore and Hagrid being the wise ones for yeah. him. Right. And then it's like even too like getting to the later parts of it of like, I think about like him getting his wand and it's like finding out, you know, like about like Sirius Black and then like him dying and it's like this way of like Voldemort being like, well, why don't you just come over and become yeah. a Death Eater? And it's like Harry fighting against that to ultimately become the hero. Yeah, and getting to that rock bottom of fucking Dumbledore dying. I think even too, like, of course, like the other way of looking at this as well is that like Lord of the Rings and how yeah. well that franchise also does that. Yeah, with Gandalf. And I think the one that I really like about it too is that like more towards the end of like uh, the one values of like kind of living in between. Mm-hmm. 
I feel it's such a subtle thing, but I, I find it like it's so important. Uh, yeah, the Masters of Two Worlds. Yeah. Where it's like, I always think about in like the ending of one of the 17 endings in yeah, the last <laughs> Lord of the Rings movie, where it's like they're all just sitting at the bar mm-hmm. and everybody's like dancing, look around, and it's like they just sit down. It's like they kind of just look at each other and they're like, fuck, like we're not the same. Yeah. It's like we're not just the happy hobbits anymore. And it's like I love that as a way of like showing the master of two worlds where it's like they went on this journey, saw so much damage and hurt, and now they're just living their lives again. And of course, Sam gets married to be able to cover up the fact that he has gay thoughts towards Frodo and that's fine. But like it's. They totally fucked it. They totally did. But like. And Frodo goes off on a different uh, journey because he's like, now I want to prove myself now that I've done this. And it's like, I think that's also great too. And like what the last theme is of that, like the freedom to live of saying that here it is that he gets to continue his journey and he has that choice now he exactly, has that ability to say that i can follow through with this in the way that i want to yeah because like it it all for, follows like the character progression where it's like in the beginning like he didn't want to leave uh the shire because like that was comfortable for him right. like he knew what he wanted and now by the end of it he's like i want to go off on like a new adventure yeah and i think that's great too of like what Ultimately, the hero's journey talks about is this idea of like breaking through of comfort and seeking adventure and fighting, you know, like and facing like trials and tribulations and hardship and loss, but like being able to grow from it. Yeah, I think that's the strength that really comes from this this thematic tool of being able to say, like, how do you show a character grow? Yeah, I also think, too, like Rocky, the first Rocky, like really follows this well of like, you know, he was a boxer, but like he's not that famous. Like he's just doing like cafeteria fights basically like when well not cafeteria <laughs> what like fucking uh gymnasium like, yeah gym hall fights <laughs> what is he fighting the lunch lady yeah hey uh, get some br- extra corn for this kid bring up Boof. bring out the next one <laughs> extra taters <laughs> and uh <laughs> i didn't hear no bell it's like yeah rocky the bell rings every period yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well i didn't hear it <laughs> but, yeah, like um, his whole journey of like being told like you know you're gonna fight Apollo uh, Creed for the title mm-hmm. and he was like no I'm like a nobody I can't do that and like yeah. him going on this journey to training and trying to be like better getting that wise one of fucking what's his name the Mickey yeah his yeah. coach yeah. yeah getting the wise one to teach him and then by the end of it like it's weird too because there's like three of the the steps like in one scene when like he's laying in bed and he's telling his wife like i i don't got what it takes Mm -hmm. um and then at the same point he's like you know what i'm gonna give it my all i don't care (laughs) yeah um Uh, and then that's the nice thing about this it's like you can take your time to be able to like stay in any of these yeah or you could just like mash them all together (laughs) exactly and and by the end of it like you know he lost but like he gained the respect and then also to himself he won because he put up a fight right yeah, that's really good, too. I also think of, like, a sillier example as well, which is, like... The Lion King? Yeah, that's great. The Lion King follows it yeah, to that's, a T. That's really good, too. Yeah. Like, it, uh, But I was also thinking, like, Pokemon, because it's, like... The first movie? Yeah. <laughs> or just, like, the show in general, where it's, yeah. like... I know it's a movie podcast, but it's true. Where it's, like, that's also a way of, like, here it is, where it's, like, I'm going out. Professor Oak is teaching me about Pokemon. No, like, Professor Oak wanted him to go out so he, he could, could fuck bang, his mom. Yeah. yeah, he could bang Ash's mom yeah. all he wants. But it's, like, even that. It's, like, him acquiring new Pokemon, like, finding new skills and yeah. friends, like, facing all these hardships and then becoming a Pokemon master. Eventually. 
fucking like hey, he 50 did it. years later. I don't give a fuck. He did it in our <laughs> lifetime, so that's yeah, all that counts. I know. I'm still happy about that. Let's talk about the Green Knight. I know you were eventually going to talk about yep. the Green Knight. It's uh, Is it the it's, best? It's not the best, but it but it's is fantastic. It yeah. is the most recent portion, like the most recent adaptation of the hero's journey that is done very well. Yes. And I, I think like because when you brought this up, I was like, immediately, first thought was the Green Knight. Yep, because like, it, it literally is just showing in terms of, like, what Garwin needs to become a hero. And I think that part of, like, the woman as a temptress, it's like, that's this, most of this movie is like, yeah. here's these things that will tempt you away from your honor. And he does meet the wise one of the fox. Yeah. And or it I, could also be like King Arthur. Of like, true, mm-hmm. and I think um, I think in interviews too, David Lowery even like mentioned it, where it's like, yeah, he followed that format to make this film. Yeah, which makes sense, especially you know like for that specifically. I mean, like that is him becoming a knight and like learning what it takes to actually like follow through and like have this as a dedicated way of living. Now, does it turn it on its head a little bit at the end because? Sir Gawain decides to basically let himself be killed. Well, air quotes. I, well, yeah, I think that kind of fits into like the idea of like freedom to live. Yes. Which is like he chose how he wanted to live. Yeah, and we got like, to see what it would be like if he decided to leave. Exactly. Like it shows both sides of that of like if he chose to be able to run away and mm-hmm. how shit of a king he's gonna be. Yeah. Or his freedom to live at the end of it and being in that kind of two worlds of seeing, you know, like I'm not just like chasing honor anymore i have this point now where i can get it Mm -hmm. the freedom to live is to say that i'm gonna choose to die yeah possibly possibly but yeah i think that is truly like one of the best recent ways of showing this and really like hitting all these different points in a really compact like succinct way Mm -hmm. that is is really cool yeah it definitely is like a really cool concept that like i had kind of like subliminally seen before while watching films but like I never pieced it together that like there actually is like a format to follow. Right. And now it's it's definitely changed my view on films a little bit to where like I'm going to kind of be looking to see like if it follows that. Yeah, it's kind of cool now too like you're mentioning is that like once once you start learning about this, you can start seeing like hey, how is this showing up in this movie? Is it following the format? Is mm-hmm. it trying to do something different because like once you see it, it's kind of interesting to then understand like oh how are they going to play this out like what's this going to look like what is the belly of the beast going to show up as it's like it's kind of interesting to start like like even though you haven't seen a movie to be like oh you know like if this is the format like how is it going to play out yeah like human centipede 2 yeah of course (laughs) like you know like fucking jerking off with sandpaper oh my god yeah whatever that be yeah (laughs) that's not a freedom to live that's 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 fucking fucking horrible that's a movie that sticks with you yeah, that's, that's the ultimate boon. His <laughs> achievement was jerking off with sandpaper yep. and, and making his creepy centipede people. Yeah, of like seven, five people? Oh, I don't, five I don't people. know. Yeah, we're no, the third one's like a whole prison full of people. Yeah, yeah that one's insane. Who cares? That They're all trash. Fucking all insane. those movies are trash. Yeah, no. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, no. It's, it's cool. So for anybody who... Listen to this too. Like the next time you see a movie, like I would encourage you to just you know like look at this format, see if it shows up, or see how it you know, like actually transpires. Yeah, write it down and then check box each one that you get. Yeah, make it, it a drinking game. Yeah, it could be a fun little thing. Takes twelve shots every time you get to the call of action. <laughs> yeah. So, 
And the Eagles. I forgot to mention the Eagles. What do you mean the Eagles? You mean the... Like the the band? No, dumbass. Hotel California? That's it? No, the Magic Flight? Like that thematic tool? That's literally the Eagles in Lord of the Rings. Well, and also the rocket for Buzz and Woody. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to mention that because that's like the most... And Neo flying... Oh, end. stop that. There's It'll... actually a lot with the Matrix. Yeah, there's just, a lot. I kind of just, like, brushed over it because I was like, I don't want to talk about the Matrix for too long. But that's true, though. I mean, like, him living his normal life and then entering the Matrix and yeah. having... Orpheus is right on the money of the wise one. Right. I mean, like, ultimate boons would be him learning Kung Fu and... <laughs> yeah, and then... Or not the ultimate boon, but him, like, getting the the tools... Yeah, the road back is, like, him learning that, like, he can control the Matrix and fighting Agent Smith. Yep. And the resurrection. Yeah. Where he can see all of the Matrix. Yeah, and then the freedom to live is actually choosing at the end of it of, like, if people want to stay in the Matrix or not. And, like, are we going to bring this down or, like, are we going to actually fight against it? And it's like, yeah, there's a lot of different things with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool, man. I, it's I, cool. I, like I said, I didn't think about it too, too much. And then, like, while doing for research for it, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. It's like almost every movie that follows that. Right. And that's what it's, it's interesting, like, what we're doing now, too, that we can actually sit down and be like, well, is this movie that? Is this movie the hero's journey? And it's cool to kind of see, like, just be like, oh, wow. This is a thing. Yeah. And it shows up a lot more often than you think it does. Well, that was cool, Matt. Yeah. You finally did a good topic. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> I'm playing good topics. <laughs> All right, Matt, you got a recommendation? Oh. Uh, what video game you got today? Oh. Uh, see, uh, see how I do that, and then I'm 99% correct? Well, that's not fair. Well, <laughs> d- do other things than video game. Oh, well, stop doing steroids. <laughs> On steroids. Uh, so, at the time that this comes out, there's a little itty-bitty game called Like a Dragon, formerly known as Yakuza. Yeah, you are you recommending it before it even comes out? Well, technically, this is coming out on Sunday, dickhead. Okay. But that doesn't mean that you have played it yet. I know it's going to be good. <laughs> I played every fucking one of these. There's 23 of these fucking Watch games. Watch it be the one time it's not that good. No, that's just Yakuza 3. That game is okay. <laughs> it's not that good. But, like, the rest of them are really good. So mm-hmm. this is Yakuza 8, uh-huh. uh, Infinite Wealth, it's technically the ninth game in the numerical franchise, but it's like the 23rd game in the entire Yakuza franchise. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get into that. Yeah. We're not going to do that. Was there like I played all of them. There's like mobile games too. Yeah, and there's like weird shitty, like there's Dead Souls, which is like this weird shitty zombie shooting game. It's not good. Mm-hmm. It's very bad. Uh, but yeah, like, oh boy, Infinite Wealth. Uh, so... Anybody doesn't know, this one is a direct sequel to the seventh game. So we have our newest protagonist, Ichiban. Mm-hmm. And he Ichiban. Mis- he mysteriously wakes up in Hawaii, mm-hmm. which is really cool for anybody who likes Japan. this franchise. Yeah, because this is the first game that's not set in Japan. And it's like, that's fucking really interesting to see like a different approach. And from everything that I've seen and what I've been exposed to is the fact that like this one looks fucking off the walls as normal so as i've recommended yakuza games in the past on this podcast you're gonna get your really serious japanese crime drama that will lead you in tons of different directions and have really cool twists and like moments where you're just like this is fucking insane and then you're gonna have the goofiest nonsense that you will ever see in your entire life like this game the like because they always have like one big mini game that's like it's like its own game in itself. Mm-hmm. This one has fucking like two of them. 
which is Pokemon. It's basically Pokemon. Yeah. But it's like you hire thugs and they fight each other. And then Animal Crossing, where you own an island. Oh. You're like, I'm just going to fucking make the island. And then it's like there's tons of love letters, too. Like there's a mini game that's basically just Crazy Taxi because it's all Sega. Um, but, yeah, it's got turn-based combat. It's got really fucking interesting, like, tag team moves. You have Kiryu, who's been the long-lasting character throughout the franchise, who is, like, one of my favorite things I've ever seen, where it's, like, because it's all turn-based combat, but because it's Kiryu, he has a way of, like, breaking the turn-based, and he'll just start running up and punching people like he normally does mm. in the actual action games. Mm. So it's really cool, and, yeah, I love this franchise. I think it's fantastic. And this one is just going to be another fucking 20 hours of my life that I'm willing and happy to give <laughs> to a video game. I find it a little disrespectful that you've been playing Baldur's Gate 3 for the past, like, three weeks and haven't even bothered to recommend it. Uh, you did that. I'm not going to recommend it, even though you did it. Why? What do you mean, why? We're not double dipping. All right, fine. Uh, Baldur's Gate is great. I'm going to... Uh, and you know what's actually fucking, uh, like, really fucked up about this, too? Mm-hmm. This is the first Yakuza game I'm going to, like, not play right away because I want to finish Baldur's Gate. But, like, I know for a fact that as soon as I start playing this, I'm going to be in it. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fucking hilarious. Yeah. Like, in the last fucking game, like, a chimp was, like, piloting, like, construction equipment that roared like dragons. <laughs> And it's like, I'm just waiting for all of that crazy bullshit in this one. Because I know it's going to be there, and it's going to be super fun. So if you really like an interesting, off-the-walls, bizarre (laughs) game that also has a really gripping story, Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth. Okay. Cool. There we go. Matt, what are are we doing next? Zachary. What do we got? What do we got? We're following the whole circle. Yep. There's Journey here. Yep, and uh, now we come full circle back I have to my a freedom. film. I have my freedom to live, and my freedom to live allows me to choose whatever movie I fucking want. Yep. I've been thinking about this. Okay. I've been thinking about this, but mm-hmm. you know what? I've I've decided. We're going to do Mad World again. Uh, I'll quit. Or I'll Mad quit. God, sorry. I'll quit. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Uh, so, Zach, you got three hours to spare? No. Great. We'll make time, because we're going to do uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Okay. It was a Scorsese movie. Yep. I've been wanting to see it. It's on streaming now, and it's apparently, as I've said on this podcast before, people are saying it's his best movie yet, and I think that's really audacious, and like, <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing if that's true or not, because this, this looks like a good one. Yeah. yeah, it's got fucking everybody in it again. It's got everybody in it, and it looks like it's going to be different from a mafia movie, okay. so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. All right. All right. All right, cool. What? All right, guys. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Now roll the credits, Matt.